chapter six of in search of mademoiselle by george gibbs recording by tony oliva this librivox recording is in the public domain in which i learn something confusion reigned at the house in the rue etienne monsieur de la Norte, sick at heart and searching peace for madame had set his mind upon going with admiral ribault to florida in hope of escaping the persecution of those who hated him at the french court for my part since i had yet to perform my duty to the men who employed me and must find admiral coligny at paris it mattered little whether mademoiselle were in france or florida i would probably not see her again in any event yet i could not forbear asking to speak with her before the ships sailed away when i reached the house she was with madame and could have but a word with me she was i thought a little haughty but none the less she graciously promised me an hour in the morning so i stopped below for two hours or more with the sieur de la note telling him of my plans and arranging that i might have through ribault two companions under arms to go with me and my sailors to paris i also helped him in the disposition of some of his own affairs so that it was near midnight when i left the house i went straightway to the hostel where i had left my seamen an account of the conduct of smith and goddard at the hostel did not reach my ears until many days afterwards when leagues at sea with their consciences purged and their minds cleared by the strife of winds and seas they came to me and told me what had happened as it was when i reached the door the place was reeking with the fumes of spilled liquor and prone upon the floor lay salvation smith half across the bench with a cut over his pate was goddard snoring and swearing by turns the keeper of the place a small fat greasy person moved from the one to the other using all his arts to persuade them to leave the place with a frequent threat of calling the watch vowing that the town council would be upon him and that the good repute of his house was gone forever whenever he came near the uh, one or the other there would be an outburst of maudlin oaths from goddard still held by the handle a drinking pot and made a play to strike with it at the frenchman as he approached i was in no mood to look upon the offence of my henchmen lightly i knew not what indiscretion they might have committed and bearing about me the jewels i had received that day i had no humour to stay longer in so public a place where an unlucky accident might rid me of both my money and friends to say nothing of employment 
yet i could not leave them in this plight for if found they must surely have been known by de bassan and his friends and ill-treated if not done away with i first kicked smith who seemed the least drunk and then goddard bringing them both at last to a sullen sitting posture to the great joy of mine host who saw at last a chance of being rid of his troublesome guests when they saw it was i they sobered for the moment and by shaking them and dashing water in their faces i got them in some sort out of the door to have it speedily shut to and barred behind us they were drunk as flying fish and went reeling from one side of the street to the other goddard at last coming against a wall head foremost so that he fell in a heap and would move no more smith had revived in the air and was fairly well set upon his legs but he stood by my side as i tried to lift his friend looking first at the ground and then at the stars saying foolishly many times over god help us what have i done to the end that i thought he had lost his wits altogether i questioned him and bade him help me but he stood there looking like the fool that he was and offering no hand in aid tiring at last of his gibberish i fetched him a cuff upon the head which brought him up into the wind and between us we got job goddard again upon his feet the street now took a sharp turn down past the church of st jacques and into a portion of the town i had not entered before the way was very dark the gloom being lightened but little by the flittering glimmer of a rushlight here and there behind some half-closed shutter the streets were deserted no sign of guards or soldiers being heard or seen we made no little commotion as we shuffled down toward the port for smith was staggering from this side to that and goddard lay upon my shoulder a dead weight his feet scraping along upon the cobblestones as he went his arm was around my back and neck and this may have prevented my hearing the sounds of footsteps behind us for of a sudden there flew past my head a stone the size of my two fists which went against a wall hard by and broke into a hundred pieces i turned just in time to note the bulk of a man pitching upon me in the starlight he had me well off my guard and caught me sidewise so that i tripped upon goddard and we three went to the ground in one snarling struggling mass kicking and rolling about upon the pavement he first uppermost and then i there were others too for i saw smith strike out and then go down with his man struggling fiercely 
i had no wish to draw a weapon for i still thought them but common thieves and felt i might protect myself but my opinion of my ability was to be my undoing as it has often been at last i shook myself free of this fellow upon the ground and got upon one knee when i saw two others with bludgeons dancing about and aiming at my head twice thrice did i catch stinging blows upon my arms and wrists which were like to have broken them when another more strongly dealt than the others caught me full upon the bare head and i knew no more it seemed hours days and then weeks that i lay in a hideous dream in which i knew not whether i lived or was dead i fancied i heard the voice of mademoiselle speaking to me and then there would come the menacing laugh of diego de bassan i dimly saw flickering lights and felt the presence of people about me but there was such a ringing in my ears that i could hear nothing by and by my brain was less clouded and i had a mind to open my eyes with the coming of consciousness there was a great pain in my head which from numbness turned to burning and caused much anguish but i could now hear the sound of voices and i knew it was no dream so i gave no sign faintly i made out a row of brown ceiling rafters which seemed to float here and there in a moving haze i saw uncertainly the wooden floor upon which i lay stretched stark as one dead and then discerned a table at which sat several persons a light burned upon it casting as it flickered great shadows which moved unsteadily from wall to rafter and back again as i began to see clearly i made out one of the men to be a priest his cowl was pushed back from his face and he listened to the man opposite him who was talking this man was bent forward over a parchment on the table and he read portions of it to his companions he had a high forehead and an imperious air which carried weight with the others but his face was hard and cruel and his mouth and nose at the corners wore deep and ugly lines which looked to have been seared in with an iron when he smiled it was as though he twisted his features unwillingly so unnatural did it seem i marked all these things as one sometimes will in moments of great tension i had good reason afterwards to learn that my judgment was true he was pedro menendez de aviles a hardest man in all the spanish marine now but just appointed adelantado of the floridas the face of the third man was turned away from me he was a big man and his shadow fell over me 
so that i could make him out the more clearly there was no mistaking the easy set of the head and shoulders as he lolled upon his chair or the grace of his limbs and body he had not spoken but i knew it was de bassan this for the first time brought me to my wits i knew not how long i had lain or where i was it was enough that i was in the hands of this spaniard and that my girdle of jewels and gold was stolen it tried me sorely to think at all and with mademoiselle gone i hardly cared what might happen but i knew that my chance of escape had i any lay in making them believe me still unconscious and done almost to death so i lay quite still with my eyes half closed fearing almost to breathe and straining my ears to catch every word of their talk which carried on in french now came to my ears quite clearly these huguenots you say father will go to the river of may asked de Avilés. it is so reported in the town they will sail in seven small ships and will muster three hundred men with some women and many artisans bearing everything necessary to form this colony and the colony of laudonniere what of that word has been received that there is mutiny against the commander laudonniere who is accused of many misdemeanors by those who have returned i am bidden tell you by those who are close in our councils in paris that you need fear nothing from them but they have a fort and are well provided with munitions of war we may not be able to strike them separately if they combine forces they may even be too much for us for heretics though they be these huguenots are still very excellent fighters your excellency knows best the qualities of good men at arms the adelantado of florida must not be defeated though you and your people be spaniards they are still catholics and firm in the christian faith it is a sainted war which you are waging and when you strike the hand of god will be with you therefore i say have no fear for those who have sent me to you know what they know when they pray the holy virgin for your success i could hardly believe what i heard were these bigots so base that they would destroy their own people and their own nation and mademoiselle had gone with the huguenots i grew weak again and trembled from head to foot as one with an ague de bassan began speaking now and i nerved myself to listen your excellency needs no information of mine upon the designs of these french people in the territory of spain they will lose no time in setting with fine skill upon the ignorant minds of the savage peoples of those parts who otherwise may yet be saved yet your excellency should take no chances of defeat 
menendez was stroking his mustache his eyes glittered strangely what would you advise father he said there is no way to stop or even delay this ribald said the jesuit there remains but to petition the king to increase your force tis an expedition he laughed which is as good for the soul as the purse and the body and there will be many to profit by it but a few hundred more men and three or four more ships will make you as secure in your possessions as the most catholic king himself in his throne and his people there is much that is wise in what you say said the adelantado but the king has no money for this enterprise the money which i have secured has come from my own people of the asturias and i know not whither to go for more de Bassan here arose from his seat and walked cautiously to the door and window i lay as one dead holding my breath in fear lest i should be discovered he came and bent over me for a moment it seemed an eternity and i felt the look of his eyes as they pierced me through and through he seemed satisfied with the scrutiny for he went back to the table putting both hands upon it he leaned far over toward the adelantado what would your excellency do for one who could find this money he said menendez looked up smiling his strange smile you are eager my friend he replied calmly it might be worth much or little perhaps a share of my profits perhaps nothing what do you know it is for this i wish to see your excellency he paused i have managed an affair of no small profit he laughed and i am no glutton unfastening his doublet he unwrapped from around his body the treasure of coligny and tossed it upon the table there is enough for a thousand men and more he said the adelantado undid the leather bands gravely while the eyes of the priest started almost out of their sockets as the glittering stones tumbled out upon the table the adelantado uttered an exclamation and the three of them sat there silent for a moment with their eyes shining like the wonderful stones they looked upon the priest was the first to speak a thousand men surely he said then the adelantado ran the jewels through his fingers he gloated over them fiercely for in the glittering faces of those little bottles he saw before him the scenes of blood and persecution which were to come he saw himself master of all the great domain that had been allotted to him and he dreamed of conquests and treasures such as no man had won since the beginning of the world he raised his head at last you have done well de Bazan, he said you have done well my son you shall be my captain of camp 
we will reach an agreement upon your duties and profits without difficulty these jewels shall go with me to the biscayan ports and we will have a fleet and a company of men great enough to take the islands of elizabeth if need be we will have galleons of a thousand tons the tallest that float and but your excellency cannot fail interposed the priest who had been eyeing him narrowly to give some tribute to the church some tribute for your safety yes father but for the present as you can see we will need all this treasure to prepare for our journey which indeed is as much for god as for the king the jesuit pulled the cowl up over his head and turned upon de bassan fiercely you have told me diego de bassan that you have done this hulking english heretic to death for the profit of your soul and the glory of the church in this you have lied i know now that he was set upon because of a private quarrel it is plain that you have taken him and his money unfairly you became a servant of the evil one a thief and murderer you should suffer the penalty of the church both diego and menendez arose uncovered their heads and crossed themselves then the adelantado leaned over and picked up three large stones these he extended to the priest the cleric lowered his head to conceal his cupidity but took the jewels quickly putting them inside his gown mumbling the while some latin words to himself absolvote my son he said then de bassan put the rest of the jewels back in the girdle and fastened it about him this englishman was a most comfortable prize he laughed it was a little quarrel of my own father i confess it yonder englishman has caused me great trouble since the taking of the cristobal there is a lady and well he was forever balking me and i hated him but ha oh, to-morrow he will be dead and there is an end of the matter the three of them came over to me and de aviles fetched me a kick in the ribs had it been diego i must have groaned outright for de bassan did nothing lightly but i lay quiet and aided by the darkness escaped notice they took the light and went out through the iron door locking it behind them and i heard their laughter and jesting as they went down the hallway and so out through a gate which must have been at the end of the passage the sound of their footsteps had not died away before i was upon my hands and knees groping my way toward the window through which stole a dusky light it was not until then that i discovered how weak i was my shirt and doublet were dank with blood for my head had been sadly cut and my neck was so stiff i could scarce turn my head from the one side to the other i got up with difficulty but my head swam and i fell heavily to the floor again the room seemed to be pitching from this side to that and the square of light where the window was 
swayed to and fro sickening me at last so that i lay still until i might gather resolution and not again overdo my strength my mind was chaos what had become of goddard and smith and how long had i been in this place i knew not nor for a time seemed much to care with the weakness there came a feeling of indifference and i was content to lie there with no thought for anything but presently the faintness passed and i began trying to unravel the skein of my thoughts mademoiselle had sailed with the expedition of admiral ribault and yet the jesuit had said they would sail on the morrow they had then been delayed or else yes it must be the night of the robbery had not yet passed away and with that i grew more collected perhaps there was yet time to see the sieur de la notte and the admiral ribault and warn them of this plot of the catholics the secret of which had come into my possession the catholics of spain would destroy the huguenot colony and certain catholics of france had connived at the villainy that was a great secret of state and surely one to make the blood of any honest frenchman whether catholic or calvinist boil with shame and anger then when i thought that it was through my loss of the treasure of coligny that this thing had come to be possible i was in great turmoil of spirit and clinched my jaws fiercely as i searched in mind for some plan to redeem myself i tried to rise and at last got upon my feet with a great effort and to the table where i limply hung and captain hooper what would he say when i went to him i had no heart to think of it i knew him well he would ask me why was i there to tell him of it yes truly i was out of employment fortune had smiled too favorably upon me to smile for long i sat swaying there trying to gather strength to break out of this vile place when i heard the sound of whispering close at hand but whether it came from inside or out i could not tell if it were de bassan i resolved to dash upon him with a chair and so if i could stay upon my feet perhaps gain the outer door i listened for a moment and then heard plainly that it came from outside the window i crouched down below the jam listening intently then to my great joy there came a low whistle in exact counterfeit of a call upon the great griffin my friends had not forgotten me then my joy was so great i could scarce refrain from shouting but i found that i could not even if i would i managed so to answer that they heard my whistle for there came an exclamation and a bulky shape appeared at the bars of the window master sidney sir are you safe came in a half whisper and there was a world of comfort in the voice it was smith and i reassured him in a moment then managing to get the table over under the window mounted upon it 
and found my head and shoulders just abreast of the sill there were heavy bars of iron before the window but rough and rusty to the touch so smith brought a piece of timber which he used as a pry and with help managed to snap and then bend a bar so that i could let him haul me up and out through the narrow opening but my strength had been sorely tried and so it was some moments before i could stand upright and look about me it was but a short time before the dawn the sieur de la notte upheld me on one side and on the other was a tall man whom i knew not he had a beard reaching to his waist and gave several brisk orders i afterwards learned it was admiral jean ribault several men went about the building knocking and seeking to discover if there were any one within but the admiral called them back bidding them be quiet withal being very weak by great effort i managed to tell them of the catholic plot and that the spaniards would doubtless soon return and it might be possible to recover the treasure this was as important for ribault as it was for me for it meant much to the lutheran cause but he would not have it so saying menendez was well upon his way and letting me know in a sad way which i liked not in one of so fine a bearing that it would be unwise to foment trouble he believed in his strength and ability to hold the land of florida against all nations he wished only to depart without molestation or hindrance of a truth i was so sick and weak that i knew not what they did my effort of mind had been too great for now that i was safe and had told my story it grew weaker and i could not think they half led half carried me to the rue etienne and there put me to bed End of chapter 6